1: Mr. Leo Douglas, tell me your full title please.
2: Uh, Dr. Leo Douglas, I am a Columbia University PhD and I am a clinical uh, professor at NYU, that means with a primary focus on student-facing teaching, but my research is based in the Caribbean and on Jamaica.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. And this is to do with the Jamaica 360? Is that it? Or, or 60 at 60? Is it? Jamaica at 60?
2: The Jamaica at 60.
1: That's right. right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, how, how, how you got started with it and what you hope to achieve with it.
2: Well, this project has been a long time coming. I was very privileged uh, around the year 2001 to be hired by a project called Ridge to Reef. It was a project, a collaboration between USAID Jamaica and NEPA, the National Environment and Planning Agency to do watershed management. And through that project that I worked on for four plus years, I spent a lot of time up in the Rio Grande watershed looking at land management and watershed issues. As a part of this uh, job and this amazing journey, I spent quite a bit of time in Moortown with Colonel Sterling, Colonel uh, 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 Sterling of the Moortown Maroons. And of course, I was interested in hearing about our iconic woman, national hero, Nanny. And what he told me about Nanny was absolutely fascinating because uh, my sense of who Nanny was and what I had heard was she was this warrior, this military leader, you know, that could wield a weapon and led her people and was responsible for the liberation of the Maroons, uh, among other achievements. What Colonel Sterling told me was much more deep. He told me about somebody who cared deeply for the forest, who spent time to understand the plants, their healing potentials and the roots, who knew about the birds and could use the calls of the birds to communicate and knew the mountain paths and the rivers and where there was warm water and the mineral springs that could heal the wounds. And the description he gave me was, I said to myself, she was a naturalist. This was more than just somebody who was a fighter. She understood nature, she appreciated nature, and she could teach others and use nature to the healing and the benefit of her community and the environment. And from that time, you can appreciate this was 20 years ago. I have been thinking about telling that story of Nani, because it is a story which was very much part and parcel of rich Reef in terms of our relation to the land, promoting sustainable land management, and it is a message that we still need now, as Jamaica faces water lockoffs every year. We face hurricanes, uh, we face climate change, we face degradation of our coastal environments because of what is coming down in our rivers. Uh, we face deforestation and all these uh, other things, the endangerment of our native flora and fauna. This is what this project is about. It's called Reimagining Nanny, Her Sword, a Seed.
1: Wow. A big topic. I like the topic. Now, Reimagining Nanny, Her Sword, a Seed. How will this project work? And who is it for?
2: This project uh, at its start is about using the visual arts as the first, but not the only means to retell the story of Nani. Uh, The idea first of all is to get together among the diaspora, the brightest and the best of our visual artists to put a vision in our mind, so to speak, of what does Nani in nature look like? You know, what was this environment? We hear about this recently declared UNESCO World Heritage site, the Blue and Drunker Mountains, where over 40% of the plants are found there and nowhere else in the world. Well, what does Nani's interaction and lived experience look like, and how can we tell that story? We can tell it, of course, through storytelling through the visual and performing arts. And ultimately, we want to do all of those things. But our first entry is going to be through the visual arts, a call to artists to help us create uh, a representation of Nani within, with, interacting with the Blue Mountains as a landscape, the flora and fauna, and then building from there. You know, we have ideas, for example, of, you know, a children's storybook, you know, uh, school-based programs, uh, building these ancestral connections between us as modern Jamaicans and these experiences that people have been having over hundreds of years. Also, interestingly, telling the story of the connection between the Maroons and the Arawak, or we now um, rightly call them the Tayano, because we now know that the Maroons and the Tayano had children. Well, what did they learn in terms of the land and the plants and the biodiversity and the reefs and surviving in the mountains from the Tayano? All of those are, I think, very interesting stories and that have, more importantly, lessons that we can benefit from in terms of our identity as Jamaicans, as people, and our connection to the land and what we have as a natural heritage.
1: Wow, well, I, I can't wait to hear those stories. Um, the, the thing, um, where, where are you going to put these? Um, is, it, is it a spe- specific place? Uh, um, tell me a little bit you know, about the imagination
2: of of, of the... So this project is in collaboration at this time between the Jamaica Conservation and Development Trust, JCDT, that manages the Blue and Drunker Mountains National Park and World Heritage Site, and the Natural History Museum of IOJ Downtown, the Institute of Jamaica. However, the idea in terms of these representations uh, the performance, performing and visual arts is actually to have them moving from place to place. We don't want something that is going to be restricted to the Jamaican elite because it is only in the National Gallery. We would like something that uh, the Institute of Jamaica has incredible student facing programs, students who visit, it's a space where people can interact and discuss and learn We also see this as something which we will be moving around, something that can spend time, both the physical uh, artwork and these performances, the storytelling uh, in schools, in Maroon communities, in rural communities, and in particular, the places that we have designated so far as protected areas on Jamaica. Those communities, I, I believe, are the ones that we would like to see a part of and benefiting from this project. Um, But of course, we hope to involve everybody at some level.
1: So the the Nani town is within the Blue Mountain National Park. So tell me how that will work. This sounds like an exciting trip, you
2: know? Yes. Well, you know, the original site of Nanny Town was well up in the heights of the, the, uh, the, the, the Blue Mountains, and it is no longer inhabited. You know, people moved down after the treaties were formed. You know, they settled in Clarkstown, in Moortown, in other settlements. But the history of the Maroons is rooted in the Blue and Drunkro Mountains. Well, you, you know, A lot of the things that we have been talking and realizing today is about the loss of what is called now traditional ecological knowledge in terms of indigenous people around the world. You know, well, what did people use as medicine? What did they eat? What did they use the wood for, the roots, etc.? Uh, how did they live their lives, the languages and the words that they use to describe various uh, uh, things. A part of this, as you can appreciate, is to also capture this knowledge in different forms that can be archived and shared with future generations. You know, very few people may be privileged to actually go to the original site of, uh, of Nanny Town today in the Blue and Drunker Mountains. But I would like to think that we can bring some of these experiences in various forms to everybody through art, through storytelling, through storybooks, through images, pictures, blogs, et cetera. So that at least we know and that we understand and we can appreciate uh, these uh, important journeys as I said, ancestral experiences and important knowledge in terms of Jamaica and what we have as a country.
1: Now you talk about the the visual arts part of it and my head is going into gardens and things like that, you know, herbal gardens, that sort of thing. What are your plans for, for the herbal part of it? You know, the flora, fauna aspect of it
2: great question you know we have been wrapping our minds about we actually have a webinar planned uh, for members uh, everybody who has expressed an interest in this project who would like to participate in particular those visual artists who may be less familiar because in some sense we're all learning and we're all students of this process to have those among us who have studied the fauna, the flora and fauna of the Blue and Drunken Mountain to share uh, with us, again, everybody, but particularly those who are in the visual arts to kind of give us a sense of what are some of these key aspects of this landscape that we should understand and think about and value, you know, those local names Uh, Where did these names come from? You know, myself, as you might know, I am uh, an ornithologist, even though I I study plants as well. And I'm very interested in birds. You know, there's a bird in Jamaica that we call patu. You know, Jamaicans will know this bird as um, what others might call an owl. Well, that word, is an exact word that is used in Ghana for an owl. And interestingly, the owls in Ghana look like you owls. Know, so again, we can see how you know, the, there's this rich connection in terms of representing, giving people something to look at that they, they can actually see. And you know, people say, oh yes, you know, I've seen that before, or, well, no. I've actually I didn't know that, and I've never seen it in my country. I would like to see this thing, be it a plant or a bird or something else, an experience. But what we know, which our research has shown so well, is that when you teach people about what is there, the sense of identity uh, that people can relate to, it is something which is very powerful in terms of ownership, and for people to actually have actions and behaviors that protect and conserve for future generations and for ourselves.
1: Um, I'm kind of wondering now, how do you get, are you in discussion with the Ministry of Education? Because I see them playing a huge
2: role in this as well. Good question. So far we have primarily been interfacing with the Ministry of Culture. Uh, given the topic, the because we're centering this in terms of storytelling around this iconic national hero, and very interestingly, our um, our uh, uh, the, the our minister of culture right now is also a Jamaican one, which is even uh, more so significant and important. We will definitely also be achieving the other objective in terms of reaching out to the Ministry of Education and having those discussions as we get more beyond the creation of um, images, of representing, of presenting, so to speak, to where we really want to have these deep, heartfelt, culturally relevant discussions with the Jamaican people, be it through books that are going to be available to students, be through other means that we then want to be able to be as effective as possible in terms of reaching Jamaican stakeholders. So that is definitely in the works.
1: Right. Um, now, when when are you thinking? You said it's going to be starting very soon. What you you how soon are you going to start? An actual date that is, and how long do you intend? I mean projects happen in phases, you know, how long is this going
2: to go on? Sure, good question. So we're at the very start of the journey and at the very end of this month on October 30th will be the first benchmark where we'll be having um, uh, the introductory uh, and launch webinar. The webinar will have uh, uh, professors from Ghana talking about African spiritualism, you know, what did the these men and women, Nani, her followers who came to Jamaica, what did they believe? What was their relationship with nature? Uh, the various West African gods were actually gods of nature, the forest gods, the gods of the, the river, the gods of the thunder, um, the, the, the gods of the earth and fertility. Uh, talking about uh, the, the World Heritage site where Nani lived and um, the biodiversity there, maroon culture. So that's October 30th. Moving on from that um, uh, in, on December uh, 11th will be the deadline when we would have uh, gathered the entries to the visual art component of the project. And in January, we will announce the winner or winners of the visual arts component. Between January and summer of next year, 2022, it will be all about the artists immersing themselves in this material and working on these uh, products for us in time for our 60th anniversary uh, next summer, and also rolling into Heroes Day in October of uh, 2022, next year. And of course, as we have already mentioned, layering on the visual arts, it will be the storytelling, the performing arts, these key venues, uh, Clarkstown, they have an annual uh, conference, Town uh, events, working with the Institute of Jamaica, involving um, uh, Jamaican students and schools and building uh, from there. Because in the end, what we're actually trying to do is to create a resource that can be repurposed and reused, and is really becoming a reference point for various other activities that, you know, honestly, we haven't even discussed at this time. Uh, once we have the kind of the basis to retell the story of land, stewardship, womanhood, Blue Mountains, ancestry, conservation, Nani.
1: Sounds great. Um, I'm actually seeing all of that in the National Heroes Park because I would love to see the National Library there. That's my, mm-hmm. my, my vision. Mm-hmm. But um, it sounds mm-hmm. like a very good and very exciting project, um, Leo. And uh, you've you started to talk to people, I, I, I suppose. Who are some of those people that we would be seeing?
2: Sure. So the key individuals who have been involved are uh, Vivian Crawford, who is the current executive director of IOJ. He has been a key part of helping think and discuss um, the plans and the ideas. He's also a part of the selection committee for the visual art art, uh, aspect of it. Uh, The Kingston creative represented by Doris Gross. She's one of the directors. Uh, has a similar role. Uh, Petrina uh, Dekas, who is a curator and head of art history at Edna Manley, is also a part, and more specifically is one of the judges of the selection committee. Uh, Thera Edwards, who is a botanist and who was a part of the team that wrote the documents that ultimately led to the Blue and Drunker Mountains being declared uh, a World Heritage Site, is a part. As is Susan O'Toocon, the Executive Director of the Jamaica Conservation and Development Trust. Uh, Dr. O'Toocon has been so enthusiastic and supportive and excited about this uh, project. It has just been amazing. Sometimes she's sending me messages af- after midnight and I'm just saying to myself, I'm crying inside, I'm so happy that she's so dedicated and excited about the, uh, the, 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 the project. Others like Tracy Comock, Uh, who is also at IOJ and the head of the Natural History Division has been a staunch supporter. And there are others who are not from Jamaica as well. As I mentioned, um, uh, there is a professor from Ghana who specializes in religion. Because one of the things that we're trying to capture, um, Zadie, as part of this is the colonial experience has been such a force on all of us that it's even hard to imagine what life would have been like for these early immigrants. Let's call them that because in, in, in fact, it, it was a, a much more sinister, um, the, the transatlantic slave trade, you know, This was before the missionaries started to work and, you know, we identified in in terms of we do as predominantly uh, a a Christian nature, but they had their beliefs, they had their values, they had their relationships with each other, uh, with how they saw the world, um, with spirituality, and it's also a part of the story that is largely untold that I'm very excited about sharing because that's who her grandparents were. In all honesty, I feel that some of this has been very stigmatized because of British colonialism, but it is a part of our family history. It's a part of who we are as individuals, as a nation, as a people. And I don't know if we don't want to know, but I certainly want to know more. And I believe that there are many valuable lessons to be learned because what we know was that colonialism and the colonial process was very bad for the land. You know, the plantations destroyed a lot of what was this country. We were called the land of food and water. I don't think anybody can say that about Jamaica right now. Um, there's been so much deforestation over the last 100, 200, 300 years that has left us in the situation that we are at. Let us have those discussions. Let us um, rethink those histories and those experiences. And, you know, I am so excited when I think about the fact that we can think about one of our national heroes as a pioneer in protecting the forest and land. They protected it for their own preservation. I argue that we need to do the same for our own preservation. We need to think more about land our watersheds, what we're doing, because ultimately we are the ones who need water in the pipe. We need to protect ourselves around um, sea level rise, this adverse weather that we are facing, all the other concerns um, that we're we're facing as a nation. Uh, It's a valuable discussion.
1: Dr. Leah Douglas, looking forward to the project. It's
0: exciting. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation. Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.